You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Chicago. Welcome to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese, Archdiocese of Chicago. I'm Dawn Fitzpatrick, your host, and my co-host is Ray Pingoy. We're both from Respect Life Ministries at the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. Lots to lots to say, lots to cover. How are you this morning, Ray? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Yes, the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity, ready and set. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. I can't believe it's already April. I know, I know, it's crazy, and and we had snow flurries, <laughs> so it's supposed to be spring, but that's Chicago for you, right? Yeah, the, the first time I moved here, they said if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. That's, that's pretty much pretty true. accurate. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, isn't it that way everywhere? But not in the way that it is in Chicago. It's that's definitely right. unique here. That's for sure. Okay, so we have a very very full show. I always start by saying we have a full show, but I think. Today is super full. Yes. Um, we have a couple of, of co-workers to talk to in the first half of the show, and then we're going to talk to somebody from the USCCB in the second half of the show. So why don't we jump right into it, Ray? Can you introduce our first guest? Yeah, Father Father Don, Father Charles, uh, Father Chuck is what we call him, Father sure. Charles W. Uh, Dom O.P., is a Dominican priest and Chicago Archdiocesan Director of the Domestic Violence Outreach. For 21 years, he has been a pastor of uh, St. Pius V Parish in Chicago, largely Hispanic parish in Pilsen neighborhood, where he developed the largest parish-based domestic violence program in the U.S. And since being pastor, he has preached on domestic violence at all weekend masses in more than 175 parishes in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and four ministries in approximately a hundred of them. Wonderful, Father Chuck. Welcome. Thanks for being here, Father Chuck. Actually, I want to jump into the question real quick because this is this is amazing, and I've met you a, a few years back, and, and this is a beautiful ministry, much needed ministry you've started here in Arch. How how did your domestic violence ministry get started? Well, really, when I was pastor at St. Pius V Parish in the Pilsen neighborhood, I hired a pastoral counselor. Mm -hmm. And uh, one day she said, you know, Father, almost all my clients are women, and most of them are victims of domestic violence. Wow. And I had no idea. And I knew many of those women, mm -hmm. but I didn't see the problem. So I asked her, I said, you know, you have to help me understand domestic violence, be able to recognize it, and 
know how to respond to it. So she did. Mm-hmm. And the more I learned, the more I spoke about it. And the more I spoke about it, more people came. So we had to look for funds to hire more counselors. So that's how we grew from one counselor to having seven full-time people working on domestic violence. So we did, um, we worked with their children. We worked with those who cause harm. Uh, We worked with um, depression because that's one of the effects of the trauma that uh, victims suffer as well as the children. And we worked on parenting because uh, most of these uh, folks were also dealing with problems with their children as a result Mm -hmm. of the conflict in their homes. So that's how I got involved in it. You know, and I I built up this program. I had to raise the money outside our parish because our parish was pretty poor. But um, I found uh, grants uh, in various uh, places. A lot of it was government grants. And the organization still continues. Wow. And so so are there a lot of parishes involved in this at this point, Father Chuck? Well, when I finished being pastor around 2007, I decided I needed to take this on the road as my, you know, I was in my 70s at that time. And I decided I'm going to go out and see if I can spread the word about this ministry, because the Catholic Church in general was not and, and largely still today is not doing much about domestic violence. I mean, Chicago right now is way out in front Mm. as dioceses go in doing something about domestic violence. There's no diocese in the United States that even comes close to what we're doing. So, but I knew I had to develop a model that would be um, more acceptable in parishes. They're not gonna raise the money. They're not gonna hire counselors so I developed a, mo- a model which is free, doesn't cost any money. Mm-hmm. And it's, fo- it's focused on three things. One, raise awareness about the problem, because if the problem is being talked about and recognized, that frees up victims to come forward. That's a good way to open up the door for them. Secondly, they have to connect to services and the Archdiocese of Chicago is very fortunate because we, in our geographical boundaries, contain about 35 to 40 domestic violence service agencies. So we don't have to create another, another agency or, or have every parish have its own services. They can connect to existing services, but they have to show the parishioners how to do that, mm-hmm. make, that make it easy. And then finally, how to promote prevention. And that's primarily with young people about how to understand healthy relationships and avoid unhealthy ones. Mm -hmm. So I began preaching on this uh, in parishes and, um, and I found a tremendous response, meaning, you know, you'd think a lot of pastors were very hesitant to have me come in and talk about this so-called uh, controversial topic. But actually, I got tremendous positive results or uh, receptions. I mean, I would say at least half the time I preach on this, I get applause for my homily. People are so happy that the church is finally dealing with it. Because most people, 
know somebody who is either in it or was in it. Sure. Uh, so they have the experience. Well, this is a, such an important thing for people to recognize that the church has resources like this um, that we can offer. You know, people don't have to just flounder when they're experiencing a problem or um, or reaching out to friends and where can I go? And at least the, their friends can say, come to my church. We have all these resources for you. So it's great that, um, and we have it right here. We were just looking at your webpage. Oh my goodness. What, so many things. Great resources. In yes. There. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, um, our, our webpage has more resources than many domestic violence service agencies. We have a ton of stuff there, mm-hmm. and right. I encourage anybody to go see it. Absolutely, that that's um that's really impressive. So what um what's what are your plans for the future of the domestic violence outreach ministry? Well, we, we you know because of COVID, um, we've been kind of diminished in what we're able to do, uh, primarily because. You know, attendance in, in churches is down. So going to churches and preaching about this is somewhat limited. And then because of Renew My Church, meaning, you know, the whole program of combining parishes, um, that's put a lot of parishes in transition. And consequently, they have a lot of other issues on their plate to be dealing with. Um, so they're not interested in talking about domestic violence. So we've been kind of held back mm-hmm. on continuing the ministry um, of awareness and connecting to services. But we are working on the prevention part a lot. So the Center for Disease Control had uh, a, a whole eight, nine-year period of developing a curriculum that would help kids in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade understand healthy and unhealthy relationships. So we have that curriculum now. It was released in uh, September of 2019. So we are working with schools, Catholic schools primarily, but this fall we're adding public schools, which are piloting this curriculum here in Chicago Uh, It's totally free. Uh, It's not a lot of classes. It's seven classes in sixth grade, seventh grade, and 10th and eighth grade. We provide the materials free. We coach the teacher and train the teacher on how to teach it so that she can do it year after year in that school. So after we do this um, in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade over a period of three years, uh, we're going to the superintendent and the school board, the Archdiocese and Catholic School Board, and we're going to say, look, it, this works. This works for our kids, keeps them safe from violence and abuse. It's been proven, evidence, evidence-based. Um, so it's been validated uh, by experience. So we're hoping that they will say, okay, let's figure out how we're going to incorporate this in every Catholic school. So that's what we're working on. And we're also working on it in public schools. So Mm -hmm. the state of Illinois passed this past uh, year uh, a law which requires every school, every grammar school in the state to have a program of helping kids grow personally. Okay. 
And that includes understanding healthy and unhealthy relationships. So we are getting the CDC's, the Center for Disease Control's curriculum. We're hoping to get that as one of the key curricula that would be proposed and recommended by the Illinois Board of Education for schools to implement at their local level. So we we have a lot of work to, yes. uh, that we're doing. So I, I'm calling a lot of schools. We yeah. know any of Catholic schools that would like to have this, try this curriculum out, see if it works with their kids. We have some experience because, sure. uh, for example, St. Agnes of Bohemia School in Little Village did it, and they were just ecstatic about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had parents in fifth grade saying, I want my kids to get this, you know? That sounds great. But we started in sixth grade, so we said, yeah. sorry, you, next year your kid will be able to get this curriculum. Okay, well, and, and a couple of things I heard you say, you kept saying the word free, which we know free isn't really free. <laughs> There's a way that we have to raise money in order to provide free services like this. And I know that you are just about to host a gala event um, that is to raise money for you, everything you do and to honor your birthday. That's it sounds right. like you're having an important birthday come up. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that gala? We have like a minute left um, so we can get everybody at that gala. So yes, there's the sign for our gala is on May 1st. It's a Sunday. It's a, a brunch at 11 o'clock at the, um, uh, the down around. It, it's right off the uh, Stevenson in Harlem. Mm -hmm. And there's the information there. Okay. Um, it's, it's only $60. We want to really call people together to talk about uh, how we're doing in the archdiocese. Um, we have a raffle connected to it. And, but basically, we're really looking for donations that will help us continue our work because we don't get any money from the Archdiocese of Chicago. We live off of donations. Like when I go to parishes, I ask for donations. And we've got a donor base now where we ask periodically for donations. So at this um, brunch, we will have presentations on a few things uh, about what we're doing and an update on what the organization is doing, but also there'll be some educational stuff. Uh, we have two speakers. We'll get, uh, be dealing with um, those who cause harm as well as children uh, who are traumatized by abuse in their own homes. Okay. Well, that sounds like a worthy event and everything you're talking about is, is such great work. We thank you so much, Father Chuck, for for doing God's work and for all of this um, incredible ministry that you've brought to us and to the whole country, it sounds like. So thanks so much. We have to go to break and we encourage everyone, attend your gala or Go to your website and figure out how to donate so we can continue this great work. Thanks, Father Chuck. Thank you. Take care.
Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible, free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. We are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. Welcome back to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. You are listening to Dawn and Ray from Respect Life Ministries. And we just had a wonderful talk with Father Chuck Dom about domestic violence outreach. And our next guest is another colleague of ours from Amate House, uh, Jeannie Belanda, who recently who joined Amate House in the fall of 2016. She has over 30 years of experience in nonprofit management. Before coming to Amate House, she worked in economic development of indigenous Maya women. And prior to that, she was the executive director of a college readiness and support program for underserved minority youth in Chicago. She started her career in the nonprofit sector as a Peace Corps volunteer in Guatemala. She has a bachelor's of science in journalism and MBA and master of nonprofit administration. When she's not working, she loves to cook, follow politics, and spend time with her family and her beloved dog, Grizzly. Welcome, Jeannie. Hi, Jeannie. Welcome, thank you. How are you today? I am fine, thank you. Great, great. So we, uh, we're we hoping to hear a little bit more about Amante House and then to talk to everybody 
about an event you have coming up. So first of all, why don't you tell us quickly the the mission and the work you do at Amate House? Sure. So Amate House's mission is to develop young adult leaders into lifelong social justice advocates who serve their communities while deepening their faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Ultimately, we aspire at Amati House to build a more just and loving world. Um, And so our model is that we're a year-long social justice leadership development program for uh, adults, young adults between the ages of 21 and 29. And our model is based on um, three three, uh, tiers. So we have full-time service, faith formation, and community living. Mm-hmm. And young people come to live in our, our residences for almost a year. It's a little under a year. And they go out and serve in the community during the day. And then at night, come home and talk about what they're learning in the community and really go through an intensive leadership development programming. We have lots of uh, workshops that they go through, retreats, in-service trainings, and so it's a year on. It's definitely not. Um, it, it's definitely a very, very busy year for our fellows. Mm-hmm. Jeannie, I know um, a few of the fellows, uh, and can you maybe highlight, maybe focus on a few of the impacts of the work that you guys are doing in Archdiocese of Chicago? Sure. So Amate House has been um, operating since 1984, and so during since that time, over 900 fellows have donated more than a million and a half service hours to Chicago and the Archdiocese. That service is valued at over $44 million. And over 1 million people Mm -hmm. have been impacted by the work of Amati House in the Archdiocese and um, at Chicago at large. Mm -hmm. I know we have an intern from Amati House in our office right now, and she's just delightful. It's Aliza Wynn. And we had her on uh, the radio program a few months ago, and she talked a lot about what she's been learning and doing and her experience at Amante House and at the Archdiocese. So that's just that was just great. Um, what are what are some of the other places that um, your interns are serving? So we have um, interns at, well, we call them fellows. Okay. Uh, but we have them at um, Our Lady of Tepeyac High School. Mm-hmm. We also have them at an organization called One on One, which is a, a job development um, program. We have them at the Marjorie uh, Kovler Center that we're working with refugees displaced by um, war. Mm-hmm. We also have fellows working at Sarazin in domestic violence and on a whole and a host of other places. We also have fellows working at. Um, uh, the Academy of St. Benedict uh, the African. So across the Archdiocese and then in organizations throughout Chicago as well. Mm-hmm. That's great. Just as a, a curious question, uh, getting to know Eliza, she's not from the Chicago area, and I know a, a few of your past fellows as well. They're not from the Chicago area. How are you, how are you connected with some of these universities, maybe some schools around the nation? Yes, we recruit at Catholic universities throughout the the, the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and and state schools as well. They don't necessarily have to be Catholic, but that's mm-hmm. generally where we get uh, folks from. And we we are recruiting throughout uh, the U.S. since the pandemic. We've not had as much time on campus as we would like, sure, yeah. but we've been doing that um, remotely and, and virtually. 
Um, but yes, a lot of our, our, our fellows come to us from uh, schools that are not in Chicago. In fact, we wish that we could recruit more in Chicago. We would mm. love to have more of our local youth uh, participating mm-hmm. in, in the program. But we are very connected to universities like Notre Dame and um, Boston College and um, University of Dayton. So mm-hmm. all really all over the U.S., Loyola and Marymount in um, in California. And I know that Eliza, although she's from uh, California, she went to Cornell. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I know that the Arch would love to keep her, but she, I think... Yeah, we we keep begging her to stay. We've got a couple of openings in our office. We're like, wouldn't you like one of these? She's just been so wonderful to have around and she she's just pitches in and helps all of us. So Yeah, it's been a perfect fit for her and I don't blame her wanting to get rid of you know, get out get get away of this Chicago weather. Right. Honestly. It's April first. What is going on? I know, I know. So so tell me, um, what usually attracts a, a young person to even apply to be an Amate fellow? Well, I think these are people who are very, very um, service-minded and justice uh, and social justice-minded. Okay. And they want to want to give back, but they also want to learn. So we always say at Amate House that we're not just coming in and doing service, but our young people are there serving alongside leaders in the community. And they are learning more about social justice issues during this this um, this time that they're at Amate House. And mm-hmm. Amate House has, over the course of the last a year and a half, made a commitment to become an anti-racist organization. And I think that that is something something also that our, our fellows are very um, drawn to mm-hmm. uh, our, our work toward anti-racism and being accountable to communities of color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I know Ray spent some time in a missionary position. Oh, that didn't sound right, did it, Ray? Sorry, he was a missionary. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, he was a missionary at, right out of college, and uh, did yeah. And it's the, some of the that kind of work, right, Ray? What what attracted you to that? So. Yeah, exactly what Jeannie mentioned. I know I, I had that. Uh, I had a heart full of. Uh, of love, of service. I want to. I want to see what God is calling me to do, and this is just an, a great opportunity for them as well for uh, for young people getting out mm-hmm. of college, just wanting to see kind of like the discernment process. It's it's part of their discernment process to see mm-hmm. where God is calling them in in their phase of life. Yeah. Yes. So it seems that there's a. It's a very. It's a great benefit yeah. for a young person to have that that year to really think about um, where God wants them. So, um, and, yeah. and again, this is something that they're, they're donating their time. Um, and it is something that, you know, just as with when we were talking about domestic violence in the last segment, um, it's important that it's funded. So yeah. I know you have a, um, a funding opportunity coming up, which is represents at least a third of your funds for the year, the Amate Magic. So do you want to tell everybody about that? Yes. So through our annual gala, which has been um, a virtual gala the last two years, but this is the first year that we're uh, going back since 2019. We're going back live and I'm going to be in person and getting back together with all the people that support Amate House over the years uh, and just going to have a great time in support of the mission of Amate House. So uh Amate House is a self-funded ministry of the Archdiocese. That means that we raise all of our funds, and we do that 
through the institutions where we place our, our fellows. They give us a, uh, a, 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 I would say like a stipend to okay. have that person um, at their site. And we also uh, raise funds through individuals, corporations, and foundations. But a third of our revenue comes from our event. Mm-hmm. And um, this event is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be on April 30th at Venue West um, in Chicago, in the Westtown community in Chicago. Great parking. We have parking close, and the food is wonderful. We'll be having a comedian who's going to be hosting our show, Michael Isaac. And we will have Audiomatic, the um, band who will be leading us into the wee hours of the night with all kinds of good fun. Great. So we are very excited, looking forward to it. And... Um, and we're really reaching out to the wider Catholic community and saying, hey, please come out and support this work that we're doing. Because uh, when you support Amate House, you're also supporting the organizations where our fellows are serving. Right. And so it's a win-win for everybody. And we are uh, really looking forward to getting gang back together again. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, get get more information out there as well. They, you guys have a beautiful website, amatehouse.org, A-M-A-T-E house.org amatehouse.org check it out okay so um so thanks Jeannie, for sharing a little bit about what you're doing at amate house and um, how everyone can get involved and help out maybe they could recommend a young person that might want right, to yeah. come and join you um they can go to your website donate um and or buy a ticket to the amate magic so thanks so much it's time for a break and uh we'll be back in just a moment with our third guest <laughs> 